Abortion is a human right. That's the title of an article on a news website I read yesterday. It caught my attention, so I clicked on it and quickly discovered that it was an opinion piece and not really news. But the caption still sticks with me. Abortion is a human right. I don't know. I always thought life was a human right. Isn't that why we work so hard to protect it? Especially during this pandemic, people are giving so much up right now so that all of us have a better chance at living. I want to live. You want to live. Perhaps I'm wrong to assume everyone wants to live, including those in the womb. Maybe I'm missing something. Something Jesus says, however, isn't lost on me, and I hope it's not lost on anyone listening right now. It's not my opinion. It's God's take on things. If you are not born again of water and the Holy Spirit, there will come a day when you'll regret ever being born at all. That's from John chapter 3, and you can look that one up later on your own. I want us to look at, for just a few minutes... One person who will regret ever being born. In fact, he doesn't have to wait until the last day to regret his life. He regretted it within hours of handing over the Son of God, the Holy One of Israel, to the chief priests to be killed. Not only would he regret his life, he would act on that regret and end it. The man I'm talking about, of course, is Judas. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on him. You know, we're not the church of Judas Iscariot. We're the church of Jesus Christ. Now, that's probably why this text from Matthew doesn't get read in church on Sundays. But I'm using it today because, well, it's Lent. And we're getting closer to Holy Week and Good Friday. And Judas typically does get more face time now than any other time in the church year. So here are some remarkable facts about Judas as assembled by Dr. Ray Pritchard. Now, you know me, I normally don't bring in other people's work in my preaching, especially if they're not of our synod, because I can't vouch for their theology. But this one's pretty good. I know it's small. I'm sorry, I'll read these to you. I doubt you're going to be able to read them on the screen. But just follow along with me, okay? I think these are good because, uh, uh, well, I'll give you the... I can give you the whole article if you want. It's on uh, crosswalk.com. Just, just type in Judas uh, Ray Pritchard and you'll get this article. Here's some amazing facts that Dr. Pritchard put together about Judas. Judas was personally chosen to be an apostle by Jesus Christ. He gave up everything to follow Jesus. Right? Just like the other guys. Whatever he was doing... He dropped it, left his family behind if he had one, or whatever, his job, he left it all behind to follow Jesus. He spent three and a half years traveling around Judea and Galilee and Jerusalem with Jesus and the other apostles. He witnessed the miracles of Jesus with his own eyes. He heard Christ give his famous teachings and sermons. He watched Jesus raise the dead and cast out demons. He went out to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus with the other apostles. 
He was a leader in the group. He was given more responsibility than the others with the money. And here's the last one here. This is a good one. No one ever suspected him of treason. Now, have you ever taken all these things into consideration at once about this guy? I mean, this is pretty remarkable. You know, this is the man who would turn Jesus in for a measly 30 pieces of silver, about $20 in his day. The Holy One of Israel wasn't worth a lot to Judas. And he didn't need the money anyway because he'd been helping himself all along to the money bag that they'd been carrying around for over three and a half years. It makes you wonder, how did he spend the money anyways and keep it Keep the fact hidden that from the other disciples that he, was, that he was doing that, right? It's not like Judas could show up on a brand new sporty camel, you know? For, he, like he shows up for work in this thing. You know, he would have been found out, right? I, I don't know. It's a mystery how he managed to help himself to the money bag and nobody knew. What was he buying? makes it all the more sinister and somewhat disturbing that no one suspected him of, ev- of anything until Jesus was betrayed. Now, if you read Pritchard's article, he asks you, the reader, are you a second Judas? He says, many years ago, I heard an evangelist preach a sermon with the arresting title, A Second Judas. It was aimed at church members who were not truly born again. He told the story of Judas and then talked about himself, how he had grown up in the church, attended Sunday school for years, gone to a Christian college. He had even become a pastor before he realized that he had never truly been born again. He himself had been a second Judas. It was humbling and painful for him to face the fact of his own self-deception. But when he did, he was wonderfully converted by the Spirit of God. It can happen to any of us, he says. Well, I don't agree with Dr. Pritchard completely. You and I were born again when we were baptized with water, and in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It happens where some people, after they're baptized, it could be for years afterwards, that they don't feel or think or believe they've been born again. Uh, This would be, well, not believing or trusting in the promise that God attaches to baptism. And I suppose if you don't believe the promise, then perhaps you've died a second death. I can see the the analogy here to being a type of Judas. We all have sinned. We still sin, even after baptism. But that doesn't make the promise of forgiveness, new life, and everlasting life connected with baptism any less real or valid. Jesus saves you through water and the Word. Now, Pritchard's conclusion of Judas is something we can agree on and take heart. After all, if one, if one can be an apostle of Christ and still be lost... What about you and what about me? Well, he says, perhaps we may conclude the matter this way. One apostle was lost that none should presume. 
11 were saved, that none should despair. Hmm? In the end, most of us who call ourselves Christians will search our hearts and conclude that yes, although we fail Jesus in many ways, we do love him and claim him as our Savior. That is as it should be. The story of Judas is in the Bible for many reasons, not the least of which is that before we take anything for granted, we at least ask the question the other apostles asked that fateful night, Lord, is it I? My friends, I would imagine most, if not all of us, are learning more and more, more and more each day what we've been taking for granted for a long time. If, for some of you, that includes your faith in Jesus Christ, then what a blessing this difficult time might be for you to, well, not be reborn since you already have been if you're baptized, but have your faith restored, refocused, something like that. I, I heard it said somewhere, never let a crisis go to waste. Uh, that quote has its origins, I think, in the medical field where, and means better things, Better health comes from learning during times like this. The same can be said for life which comes from God. Weak or strong, solid as a rock or on the edge of falling away, faith takes hold of the promise of life in Jesus Christ. This is a time for Christians to rejoice. As contrary as that might seem in light of things, it's true. Economic stimulus packages and whatever else the state can do for us might bring some relief. But true and ultimate relief comes in having life in Jesus Christ. Now, a couple of you have pointed out to me that with these online worship services, we might have a much broader audience tuning in. Maybe people who don't believe Jesus or believe there is a God are watching and listening. I've been asked to ramp it up a bit, Pastor. Okay, well, for those who might not believe, let's go back to where we started. If you're not born again, the day will come when you'll regret having been born. Now, sometimes it's hard for me to put myself into someone else's shoes. But from my experience, if I'd have heard that warning 30, 40 years ago... I wouldn't have been scared at all. I'd have brushed it off. What I don't believe can't hurt me. What I didn't know then was what I believed in could hurt me. In fact, it was sure death. And I would have been very sorry I'd have been born on the day Jesus comes back to raise all the dead. But thanks be to God, I'm not going to regret a thing. In fact, I will be so glad that I was born as I am glad for it now. You can too. You don't have to sit on the sidelines and watch yourself die. You can live too. Now I'm especially interested in those who might believe there is forgiveness in Jesus for other people, but not for them. You know, perhaps you've lived a life that you're aware is not exactly on par with God's standards. You've done too many terrible things. You've hurt too many people. You've hurt yourself. You're not worthy of this second birth in baptism 
that I'm saying you can have or the one you already have. Well, in that case, look at the Apostle Peter. How similar Peter and Judas are, but not their outcome. Judas denied Jesus for a bag of coins. Peter denied Jesus for nothing. Peter denied Jesus out of fear and didn't get any money, but gained much, much more. He gained forgiveness and eternal life. Judas was sorry, but he was sorry for his own neck. The chief priests as well, well, they weren't interested in forgiving him. They weren't, even though that was one of their jobs as priests, they could see he was only worried about himself. Peter, on the other hand, was sorry for Jesus' sake. Imagine the guilt of knowing that after you denied Jesus three times, what happened to him afterwards? I mean, it's, his guilt is just unimaginable. Yes, you've messed up. Yes, I've messed up. We've made a mess of our lives and someone else's. You've not honored God and the suffering that the Son went through on your behalf. But that's why Jesus died for you. He took all that mess and put it on his shoulders and took it to the cross where you are forgiven. And during Lent, I'm not supposed to skip too far into Easter, but Jesus rose from death for you as well to bring you life that never ends. Every believer and follower of Jesus has messed up, is messed up, but at the same time, while we are still sinners, Christ died to save us from sin and death. Through his blood, we are made whole again. We are made righteous and can live in joy and peace as his dear children. If this is the first Sunday you've heard this, or if it's your last, receive the Holy Spirit and believe. We have many more Sundays to hear. Well, we might have many more Sundays to hear more and grow stronger together in Jesus' name. Either way, you will not regret that you were ever born. Amen.